So this morning we're starting a series of teaching on how to defeat the opposition in life and in the marketplace. How to defeat the opposition in life and the marketplace. And we're going to be using Goliath and David as a case study. How to defeat the opposition in life and in the marketplace. Our scriptural text for this series is from 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 33 to verse 51. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 33 to verse 51. It's quite a bit of a long read. So I'd encourage you to open your Bible. Or maybe just keep your eyes fixed on the screen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 33 to 51. The Bible says, and Saul said to David, you know the background story, right? David killed Goliath's story. But you're going to say something deeper than David and Goliath, just, you know, the small boy bringing down with giants in this series. The Bible says, and Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. You can see that the king is no longer thinking right. He said, you are a youth. So you are not able to fight against a man that has been fighting from his youth. So if he doesn't start from when he was he's a youth, when will he eventually become a warrior? Don't worry. There's so much to talk about. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. The servant has killed both lion and beard. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord would deliver me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the beard. He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head and he clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Are you hearing what I'm saying? David did what? Don't fight with what you have not tested. The fact that something is working for others does not mean it will work for you. Verse 40, then he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand and it drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David and the man who bought the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, it disdained him. For he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day, I will give the carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know 
that there is a God in Israel. Now, I want you to see motive here. David wasn't planning to defeat the opposition for personal fame. He was doing it for the kingdom. Did you see that? He says, so that all the earth we know that there is a God in Israel. Then all these assembly, verse 47, shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the, for the battle is the Lord's and it will give you into my hands. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and a slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed. Verse 50. Somebody repeat after me. So David prevailed over the Philistine. Yeah. With a sling and a stone. And he struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. But remember, David said, I will cut off your head. But there was no sword in his hand. So what happened? God put the sword in his hand. The power of confessions. You see, when you are declaring God's word, that's why I've told you several times, God's word in your mouth is as powerful as God's word in his mouth. When God said, light be, there is, let there be light, there was no light. But when he said it, the light had no choice but to show up. So when David said, I will bring down your head, even though he didn't have the instrument, the instrument had to appear because what he has said must come to pass. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? So David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of his sheet and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their company, their, sorry, their champion was dead, they fled. Stupid strategy. A whole nation builds their future on one man. Such that when he fell, everybody had to run away. Let me tell every business person here this morning. Or anyone that you know God has put in a, a dream in your heart to build something. Never build anything on one man. It is ultimate foolishness. Ultimate foolishness. Never build anything. Not a business. That's why a church like ours is not built on any man. Not even on the pastor. Somebody hearing what I'm saying? If I don't preach, if I don't stand on this altar, service will go on. Did it happen on Wednesday? Can we celebrate the vessel God used? Praise the Lord. So let me tell you this. Anything you are building that is around woman, even if it is around yourself, it will fail. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. Some people build things around rich people. They say these are the pillars in our church. Jesus is the pillar here. Am I making sense this morning? So a whole nation builds their future, the future of their military on just one champion. In Deuteronomy 28 and verse 13, the Bible says you will be the head, that God will make you the head and not the tail. By now, everybody in this house, if you are a member of this house, you should know that scripture. It says you shall be above only and not what? And not beneath. So it simply means God's plan and purpose for you and I is to be above wherever we find ourselves. As a believer, you are either at the top or you are your way to the top. That must be your mindset. Never consider yourself to be part of the masses. 
Never consider yourself to be part of the people struggling in the marketplace. You must see yourself as a king and a priest. You must see yourself as someone that God has ordained for greatness. You must see yourself as someone that God has created for big things. It doesn't matter where you are right now. Your internal image matters more than you think. Am I making sense this morning? What you see is what you seize. What you believe is what you become. And that is where it starts from. If you're going to defeat the opposition in the marketplace, you must believe that you can. You must believe that you can. You must believe that you can. You see, if you can't, God will never place upon you a demand. He will never demand from you that which he has not invested in you. God will never demand from you that which he has not invested in you. So when he said you will be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, it simply means everything that you require to be above in your industry, everything has been deposited on the inside of you. So for the purpose of clarity this morning, who are the oppositions? Who are the opposition? The opposition refers to the power players in any field of play. The power players. The power players. For the brevity of time this morning, I don't want us to open too many scriptures, but we'll do that you know, during the course of this series. But remember sometimes, I showed us a scripture about the four carpenters. The Bible talks about the horns, right? That, uh, 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 that, that goal is to ensure that no one's head is lifted in Israel. And the Bible says that four carpenters have come, right? To stop, to put an end to the agenda of the horns. The horns are the oppositions. On in scriptures represents authority. It represents power. And in every industry, there are power players. There are power players. There are power players. There's a scripture that says, you know, let the gates be lifted that the righteous may come in. Let me tell you this. The way the world system is built, it is built such that the righteous will not come in. It is built such that the righteous will not come in. So it's either you play the games... And you come in or you hold on to your integrity and you stay out. But let me tell you, there is a power that can lift any gate. There is a power that can lift any gate. The opposition also refers to anyone who is in a position of authority, who is not furthering the purposes and agenda of God. The opposition also refers to anyone who is in a position of authority, who is not furthering the purposes and agenda of God. And you see that in Amon. Amon, right, in, in the book of Esther, Amon was a man that was so powerful that even his counsel to the king became a decree. He just walked up to the king and he said, you know what, these Jewish guys, they are becoming annoying. Let's take them out. And the king said, if that's what you want, no problem. He had that much influence that even the king did not do his research. Not knowing that the king would have been assassinated. It was a Jew by the name of Mordecai, right, that revealed that plot. The king didn't know because the guy had that much influence. He had that much influence. That's why everyone in a position of leadership, there will always be people that have influence with you, right? Sometimes you might need to do your research on what you have been told. Am I making sense this morning? Because the higher you rise, the more you have to depend on the information people are feeding you with. Sometimes you have to walk among the crowd to find out if those things are true. Am I making sense this morning? So Amen was the opposition. And Mordecai, a gate man, a covenant seed 
understood that he had the power to bring down this opposition and he brought him down. He brought him down. He brought him down. With the help of Esther, he brought him down. The opposition also refers to anyone that wants to take the place that God has given you. The opposition refers to anyone that wants to take the place that God has given you. You see, many of us as believers say, in this series, I'm going to say some dangerous things. And you need to have a thick skin to understand, you know, the dimension in which I'm going to be speaking in this series. Hmm. You see, let me tell you this. There's a part in scripture, Apostle Paul was writing to one of the churches. He said, it is not all men that have faith. That is, some people can even be in the same faith community with you. They profess to be Christians, but they don't have faith. In the sense that <laughs> you bring someone to eat, you bring them to the table to eat with you, to dine with you. And now the agenda now becomes to take the food away from you. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 11, Jesus was saying to John the Beloved, he said, hold fast to that which you have been given. He said, lest somebody comes to take your crown. What does a crown mean? A crown represents authority. It represents power. It represents leadership. And Jesus is saying, if you don't hold fast to that which I have given you, somebody else will take it. Somebody else will take it. Some of you, you might have people who are staff members. Would their goal is to take that business from you? I know someone in a very pathetic story who had worked in the corporate industry, uh, you know, in the corporate sector. Worked for years, saved us so much, started a business, and the staff took over the business, and the business is still existing today. And she sees the business. Something like that does not happen overnight, it happens over time. And don't be deceived to think there are no people who have such agenda. So anyone that wants to take from you that which God has given you is the opposition. And you must know how to defeat them. This Christianity of being sheepish, you know, just, you know, uh, 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 positioning yourself as a doormat that people can walk over will not help you. Jesus is the lamb of God, but he's also a lion. And if you want to know how fierce a lion is, you can say, you say, a lion that is sleeping is still a lion, even in its sleep. It might look harmless, but if you touch the lion where you are not supposed to touch it, you will see the wrath of the lion. That is how a believer should be. The Bible says you should be as gentle as a dove, but you must also be as ferocious as a lion. In the marketplace, you must position yourself in such a way that you are approachable, but people must understand that if they miswalk around you, you will go after them righteously. <laughs> Am I making sense this morning? A lot of us as believers, God gives us something and we watch people take it away. The Bible says, I discovered that scripture on campus. You know, it says, strong men retain riches. It takes strength to retain what God has given you. That's why a lot of people will never be rich. And let me tell you this, if you are in this house, right, if <laughs> you don't have anywhere you are rushing to, don't miss this. Even if first service is your choice service, don't miss the second service throughout this month. We are talking finances this month. It takes strength to retain riches. You have to be, strength, you have to be strong spiritually. You have to be strong emotionally. You have to be strong psychologically. Or else money will be coming and it will be falling through your fingers. 
Why can you bring, why do you think you can bring down the opposition? Basic things you need to understand about the opposition is that the opposition often becomes cocky the moment they succeed. The average person at the top, there's just this pride that we are untouchable. That also happened to the Philistine, to Goliath. He just felt this small boy, you are in your youth. He has forgotten that he started when he was in his youth. That's why anyone that you've been in business for a while, remember the young guy you had when you were young that brought you to where you are. Some younger people also have that hunger. And if you are not careful, they will sweep you off your feet. The opposition also tends to get softer and slower the more they win. <laughs> the Bible says that Goliath moved towards David. But the Bible tells us that David ran towards Goliath. It simply means Goliath. The Bible tells us he was, he was, a, he was huge. He was a giant. But the negative side of it is that he couldn't move fast. David was small in stature. So he was swift. He was able to run towards him. But he, while he was still moving, before he got his balance... You already landed on the floor. Hmm. The opposition also tends to stop working as hard as they did when they were still coming up. You see, let me tell you this. When you look at, when you get into an industry and you look at the people that are both there, there are so many weaknesses you can take advantage of, especially when you know that this is an industry God has given me and everybody there are unrighteous people. There are many loopholes. Let me leave that. I'll come back to that later. So believe that you can. Believe that you can. Believe that you can. You see, the idea of saying you want to bring down the opposition, many will laugh at it. They will even mock you. They will ridicule you. But you know the way life works? People will first ignore you, then they will mock you. Hmm. Afterwards, they will notice you and they will begin to attack you when they cannot defeat you. Then they will be forced to respect you. Many people are moved by the laughter of men. Many people are moved by the mockery of men. Don't be. Let me tell you this. If you are moved by the mockery of men, you will not do what you are supposed to do that will advance your life. What will people say? What will people say? That is one thing you must first die to if you are going to make it in the marketplace. What will people say? Who cares what people say? Are they paying your bills? Are they putting a roof over your head? So why is it that their opinion matters that much? Let me tell you this. People don't respect results. What people really respect is the invincibility of your result. That is the difficulty of replicating it. If what you are doing, any other person can do it, they will just do it. Before people respect, let me tell you this, they will first try when they see you do something. They will also try that. What is it? We can do it. When they do it and they get their fingers burnt, that's when, ah, it's not as easy as we were made to think it is. What people respect is the invincibility of your results. That is the difficulty of replicating or destroying it. Because some people, when they can't replicate it, their agenda is to destroy it. But when they can't, that's why as a believer, in the marketplace, you must have a solid covenant walk. A solid covenant walk. A solid covenant walk. A solid one. And you can't do that by playing church. That the only time you pray is when you come to church. Even then, you are wondering, let this, let's, let this prayer round up. <laughs> let them round up this prayer very fast. Really. 
God will never lift you to a place where your spirituality cannot sustain you. Write that down and never forget it. He will never lift you to a place where your spirituality cannot sustain you. He will never. Hmm. Apostle Paul was writing to one of the churches. He said, I fought be I think it was to the FA, uh, maybe to the Corinthian church. He said, I fought beasts in Ephesus. He wasn't talking about um, beasts like lions, gorilla. He was talking about human beings. There are beasts like men on the earth. Beasts like men. Men whose goal and agenda is to destroy you. And you must be stronger than the beasts. That was what was in David. So when the lion first came, the real beasts, instead of running away, he ran towards it. So the day it mattered, and they saw a beast like men, it was not a big deal because he had been killing beasts. So believe that you can it was Henry Ford, the founder of Ford Model Companies, that said many years ago, he said, if you believe you can, or you believe you can't, either way, you are right. If you believe you can, or you believe you can't, either way, you are right. You know, when they sent the 12 spies, was it 10 now or 12? I think it's 12. To go spy out the land God has given them, the Bible says 10 of them came back and said, we are not able. We are not able. And God believed them. He said, we are not able. God has already given you the land. It's because you are able that, it's, even if you are not able, the fact that he has given you, the ability is already on your inside. He said, we are not able. And Numbers 14 and verse 28, it says, as you have said in my year, so will I do unto you. When they place a demand on you in the workplace, can you do this? Don't say, I cannot. I can Say you can, then go figure out how to do it. You don't need to have the expertise. That's why you have the Holy Ghost. Expertise is good. But let me tell you this. The God you serve, the Bible tells us in Daniel, that is a revealer of secrets. It can teach you anything. If your covenant work is that solid, it can teach you. That you will sleep in the night and solutions will come to you in the dreams. And you will wake up and give them the solution the next day and they will begin to wonder, ah, do you have a PhD in this field? You say, no. I have the HD, only HGD, only ghost degree. He showed me in the night. That was what Job said. He said, a thing was secretly brought to me in the night when deep sleep fell upon men. The only ghost can bring things to you in the night. If you have not been sleeping and waking up with solutions, you are not taking advantage of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is more than tongue talking. Many of us, the use of the Holy Ghost, the only use is marabababa, shakabaya. That's all. It should be able to guide you. That's why Jesus said, when the spirit of truth has come, it will guide you into all truth. So the first thing is, you must believe that you can. You must believe that you can. When Saul told David, you are not able, David did not listen to him. The fact that the king is not able does not mean that the 17-year-old boy is not able. Many of us, when you look at people who have not been able to do certain things, you just tell yourself, ah, if those people cannot do it, who am I? You are a child of God. I hear what I'm saying. The fact that others have failed at something does not mean you will also fail at it. Attempt it. Dare what you have never dared before. Dare David had never fought a giant before. There is always a force, sir. There is always a force. There is always a force. There is always a force. You have never done a contract before. They give it to you. You don't say, ah, 
how will I do this? There is always a first. The people doing it, there was a first time they did it. You have never had the opportunity of entering into certain circles of influence before. There is always a first. So believe that you can. Believe that you can. Because what you believe is what you become. What you believe is what you become. And the question I want to leave us with this morning is this. What is the source of your belief? What is the source of your belief? Many of us don't believe we can dare certain things. Why? Because of our belief system. And let me tell you this. Nobody is born with any belief. Nobody. We all adopted our belief system. You were not born with any belief system. None. Are you hearing what I'm saying? None. You picked up your belief system from family and friends. That's why those of us that have young ones around us, be careful the people you allow into your space. They are forming the belief system of those children. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You just allow one uncle, one auntie. We know them. They let them come around. <laughs> you don't know what you are. You see, if their belief system is not in alignment with the covenant belief system, be exposing them to your children. It's only a matter of time. Your children will grow up to become someone you don't recognize. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What's the source of your belief system? Is it the media? It can be social, it can be traditional. Social media, traditional media. Some people, African magic has formed their belief system. So their marriage can never work. No matter how much they pray. Even though they come to a church like this, it will still not work. You know why? African magic is the main source of their belief system. You know what African magic teaches? How many of us watch it? You've watched it before or you are still watching it. <laughs> you see, when a man succeeds, over time, he will just begin to carry different babes. That's African magic. So, the wife will now go, ah! You shouldn't have succeeded though. She will now go somewhere. They will now give her something. The man's business will now begin to go down. He will now realize that you are not faithful to your wife. You will now say, all glory to God. What's glorious in that? We give God the glory. Movie has ended. What nonsense is that? So something just tells you when you are a woman and you are married and you see your husband making some quantum leaps in business, something just tells you, ah, the way this man is going. And it's vice versa. Some men cannot allow their wives to succeed. Why? Because of belief system. What they saw in the media. What they saw, you know, growing up. What they had their mom say. What they had their father say. Ah, if she makes more money than you, she will not be, you will not be able to control her. Why do you want to control her? You were supposed to lead her, not control her. In an organization, a leader is not the one with the greatest idea. It's the one that knows how to manage ideas. You don't have to be the wisest in the family as a man. Some men can't stand their wives that being more intelligent than they are. So she says, shut up, shut up, shut up. No, 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 no. As, as a man, keep quiet, keep quiet. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So what's the source of your belief system? Let me tell you this. Anything forming your belief system apart from the covenant will not deliver into your hands your inheritance. The covenant, what is the covenant? The scriptures. The promise God has made to man. That must be what is forming your belief system. And let me tell you this. It can't form your belief system if you don't know what is written. If you don't know it. There are some things that in my, it, it does not just enter my consciousness that it can happen to me because of my understanding of the covenant. It has never occurred to me that I will be poor. Never. Where, where is it coming from? 
Christ has redeemed us from the course of the law. When you study the course of the law in Deuteronomy 28, part of the course of the law is poverty. And I've been redeemed from it. We'll talk about that some other time. Father, in the name of